This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com. The Punisher, a firearm-wielding vigilante, was pulled from New York Comic Con by Marvel and Netflix, something Steve Harsh, who's been attending for years, understands. I do kind of agree with that out of respect for the victims and for the situation. But another attendee, Leo Lawrence, says the Punisher didn't cause the Vegas shooting. That's only punishing the the fans, and it's only letting the idiot that did it win. Punisher or not, security here is tight with the NYPD's heavily armed anti-terrorism unit standing guard. At the Jacob Javits Convention Center in Manhattan, I'm Julie Walker. Legislator Charlie Elphick has been suspended from the Conservative Party because of what the party calls serious allegations that have been referred to the police. It did not elaborate. Elphick said on Twitter that he denies any wrongdoing. The opposition Labour Party is also investigating a formal complaint against legislator Clive Lewis, who's accused of groping a woman at the recent party conference. He denies the charge. British Defence Secretary Michael Fallon resigned this week after saying that his behaviour has fallen short of standards. Karen Shamas, London. That's the opposite of what the saying is. Divided. We are not enough. World needs Superman. I made him a promise. Why I brought you together. Ride ain't over yet. My man. That's your... Oh, sorry. 
that's your signal. That means we have to go now. Yeah, that's, that's what that means. It's so cool. Guys, you're listening to another episode of Redefining the Counterculture right here on Witten Radio. Today, we've got a special music guest for you. We're joined by Camille Nelson. Camille, how's it going? Oh, it's doing well. Thank you. How about you? Hey, doing well, doing well. It's a great, uh, it's a very nice uh, but rainy day here in Memphis. And um, it's, yeah, it's, the day is off to a good start. Nice. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Very good. I still need to make it down to Memphis sometime. Oh, man. I lived in Nashville, and I never made it down to Memphis. Can you believe it? What? Oh, wow. I know, right? (laughs) I need to make it down for the Elk Tour and all that kind of stuff, all that kind of good stuff I hear that goes on. So I I missed out. There's a lot of history here, um, just between Elvis and Johnny Cash and – even uh, black radio, you know, um, the one of the country's first uh, African-American radio stations, WDIA, um, was actually right here in Memphis. And so, oh, no way. actually a lot of history, yeah. That <laughs> is way cool. I, I know. Like, I didn't know that. Okay. Absolutely. How cool. <laughs> it's fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, for our listeners, so I was wondering if you could tell me how you first became involved with music. What was the catalyst that got you just interested in um, music? Yeah, you know, I think so. My, the, I, I have to say, my mom was a huge inspiration. She was a, she was an opera singer, and she, she unfortunately got sick right before I was born. And so she lost her voice probably by the time I was five. She had a brain tumor and just uh, had chemotherapy and, and a lot of different brain surgeries and things to try to remove the tumor. So she lost her voice at a really early age, but her love and appreciation never died at all. And and so I she started me on the piano, and I remember just loving playing. I loved hearing the sound. And, and at the same time, my dad, around the same time, my dad started me on the violin and said, you know, you've got to choose one. So I chose the violin and played that all of my life. And I, I have to say, I I didn't really love it when I was little because, of course, playing an instrument means you have to practice. And <laughs> practice to an eight-year-old means no fun. It means no birthday parties, no playing. So I did not like practicing at all and, in fact, recorded myself practicing, if you can believe it. I I uh, got out the old tape recorder, the ones we used to use way back when, and would record myself for half the time that I was supposed to practice or expect to practice, and then I would rewind the tape and then just press play. <laughs> and oh, wow. the window to my friend's life. So, so that's how much I love practicing. So, But I began guitar when I was 15 in high school and just loved making up songs, loved drumming, just love the sound of the guitar, and I think my love for songwriting and creating songs increased my love for playing the violin and music as a whole. And so even when I wasn't expected to play violin anymore, out of when I got into college, I just kept on playing and played in string quartets and and played that. That was my first job, just playing at a at a uh, at a mall for Christmas, just uh, Christmas songs and string quartet. So that was. That's really how I got involved in music. So. Wow. 
that's something. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think it's amazing. I mean, um, you know, who knew that, you know, something that you started as a child, you know, that you would, you know, end up doing long term. I think it's it's really, really cool because, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, those little seeds that we plant even when we're young can come back and they can really, really, really help to shape who we are and, and what we do. So I think that's Absolutely. so so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so even though you've been playing for a while, um, would you say that you still get nervous right before you perform? Uh, and if so, um, how do you how do you handle any type of performance anxiety? Sometimes, you know, sometimes I get I can get nervous in front of people I know. In front of strangers, I don't get quite as nervous. And so, <laughs> but the, if I if I ever do get music get nervous, I honestly just focus on the joy that music brings me and just focus on enjoying it rather than rather than trying to get it over with or just focusing on the nerves. Just knowing that nerves are always going to be there. I think, you know, even when seasoned artists go out on a stage, they they have some some bit of butterflies, I would imagine. And and that's a really good thing. You know, I uh I, I do professional speaking on the side and my first speaking gig I was nervous out of my mind. My speaker coach was like, You know what? Nerves are good, it means you care you know, and I'll, that always has stuck with me. It, it's uh, if I'm nervous, it means that I care about it most of the time, anyway. And and uh, so I just focus on the joy that music brings me. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what would you say that you love most about uh, performing? Is there something that um, just really, really, um, I guess, really, really um, makes performing extra special for you? Yeah, I think just. Music is about telling stories, and I love telling stories. And I I have learned from so many people, so many people's stories through their songs, even if it's instrumental or or ones with words. But uh, I love the stories and the emotion behind them, whether it's happy or whether it's sad or whatever. And and I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of an emotional person, you know. Growing up as uh as just with sisters and things and. And I guess I wear emotions on my sleeve. You know, I'm the one in the movie theater crying in the middle of Coco and crying <laughs> in the middle of any Disney movie. And so, so I'm pretty, uh, I, I can be a pretty emotional person. And so I love conveying that emotion through songs and just hoping that other people can capture that and in some way, shape, or form for it to set them as other songs and artists are affected me. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I, um, I've had a chance to listen to a little bit of your new album, uh, Lead Me Home. Tell me a little bit about the album. Um, I, I love the, the album's title. Um, is there a, a specific um, meaning behind the title or significance? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And so it's predominantly a religious album, meaning that there's, you know, traditional hymns. And there, there's a few... Original uh, original hymns, original songs on there, but they're mainly covers of traditional hymns and and uh, and famous shaker tunes and things. And so, so carrying with that religious theme, "Lead Me Home" is is just basically a phrase that I think of when I think of God and His role in our life. And 
and what he does for us. You know, he gives us direction, he gives us hope, he gives us faith, and he essentially leads us home, home to a place that we find solace, that we find peace. And whenever we think of home, or traditionally I would say when we think of, of home, like coming home and, and coming through the front door and and, and feeling the comfort that hopefully everyone feels when they come home. I, I feel like God is that source for uh, bringing us to a place of peace and solace and one where uh, a place where we can count on him. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, you know, cause when I heard the, when I read the title, um, it invoked in me, you know, some of the same feelings, you know, just coming home, you know, cause uh, a lot of us, we have um, different journeys or different walks with Christ. And sometimes, yeah. you know, it's not always a straight, straight walk. Sometimes we stumble, sometimes we fall. Um, but the the title of coming home, you know, it really just um, really puts the listener, put me at ease just listening to it because, you know, it just means that, you know, no matter what sin we're dealing with or what we're going through, you know, God is always there with open arms, just ready to welcome us home. So, yeah, I exactly. love it. It really, really invokes some meaning, uh, some deep, deep meaning and feeling for me. Um, tell me about the. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, tell me a little bit about the writing process on the album. Um, what was going on with you, just like in your life, your personal life, and you know what emotions or things were you dealing with? You know when you, um, when you birthed this album because I know a lot of times when we when we create things no matter what they may be um, sometimes we hit roadblocks sometimes things happen um, was there were you dealing with any type of adversity when when this album came out yeah I think I think the, just the adversity of uh, just trying to just trying to balance a lot in my life at that at that point and so to be honest I so I worked full time as a professor online, and so uh, during that time oh, wow. we were dealing with like what we were dealing just with a lot of changes and things. And uh, you know, I, I had like I had quite a bit of time to come up with some songs, a few months and things, but things didn't really come until that last month, and it was honestly crazy what came together in that last month. I mean, the logistics of it all between getting musicians in there to play strings and the scheduling the string sessions, scheduling the sessions with the guest artists, writing the songs, recording the songs, editing the songs, and sending them over to Ireland to have one of the Celtic women sing on the track. You know, and so it was, it was just it was just a really crazy, just logistics-wise, it was insane. And so the Lord was definitely in the details of all of that. But some of the songs came pretty came really fast. I remember just sitting down at my desk and just that whole month I, I just had my guitar next to my desk and I would just pick it up from time to time and, and see what would come out. And I remember this uh this radio that I did of Near My God to be this that's kind of more of like a finger style bluesgrass kind of happy sounding version of that song. I guess kind of more country version of that song you could say. It just kind of flowed. Like, it came out of nowhere. It, for some reason, I didn't even know what I was playing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what song is this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, near my magazine. There we go. And it just <laughs> seemed to fit because I feel 
I feel so strongly that the Lord uh, is a is is a God of emotion and a God of a uh, sense of humor, and He finds joy when we laugh, and He finds joy through our laughter. And so, the whole song "Near My God to Thee" is a very light-hearted version of that, in that we come near nearer to God through our joy, through our laughter, through through the fun that we have. I mean, so. So that that came super easily, and some didn't come as easy as others. I I've been really excited <laughs> to work on this array. I knew I wanted to do "Beat Out My Vision." It's my favorite hymn ever, and and nothing was coming. And it was the morning of. Uh, I I was just kind of working out at home, and I was like, "Gosh, I've got to come with come up with something to to record in the studio in like a few hours, you know." And so I. Uh, it was in the middle of exercising. I was like, okay, I don't even, I, I picked up my guitar. It was in a different, uh, you know, alternate tuning and it was an open C and I just happened to grab just a part of the, just a part of the fret. And it threw out kind of like this interesting chord that I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy and kind of put exercising <laughs> aside. And then it just all came together in like five minutes. It was so weird. It was so odd. It was just like, oh, I get it now, you know. And and another arrangement I did at Kung Coming State just with my brother. I I really wasn't happy with my arrangement of it. Like when I laid down the guitar, that that took a while for me. Like I remember sleeping with my guitar at one time because nothing was coming. And I mean, mind you, I'm like working full time and I'm. Um, doing speaking gigs and stuff, and so it's just it's it. There was just a lot of a lot of things going on for sure, and so, uh, so I just remember falling asleep with my guitar in hand, <laughs> not really knowing what I was doing. And I I finished the arrangement, did not like it. I wasn't sure about it. Sent it to my brother. I was like, I don't know, you know. I know you're coming to the studio tomorrow. We can delay it if you think this is dumb, you know. And um. And so we listened to it, and and by the time he listened to it, I had created another version, and I sent that version to him, and and he's just like, you know what, I like your original version so much more. It's much more unique. It's kind of daring, as far as the original. It it or as far as just like the chord structure and things, it's much, it's different than the original, and and you're not playing safe, and so so yeah, so it, it's kind of different with each song. It's not like okay, we're gonna do how great thou art and two hours later you got an arrangement you know there's definitely some (laughs) some funny things that happen like in between so so yeah i love it i love it yeah it's it's always just amazing to have those stories you know i mean because you can look back and you can say hey you know god was really with us on this album and you know really helped to kind of you know shape its sound and just everything that you know went into it so I think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, when you when you completed the uh, the album, um, did you have a sense of, I guess, um, completion? Because I know sometimes, like when you start a project, you know, you'll have all these feelings, um, these emotions. You know, it's something. Um, a lot of artists say that you know you feel this burning, this yearning to get the to get the project done, to get it completed, to get it to the world. Um, did you have the, the feeling of completeness once the album was finished? I definitely did. Like that, there was definitely a sense of completion and fulfillment. But then there was a yearning to do more. You know, the engineer and producer Trevor 
uh, Trevor Price, who worked on it. He's one of my really good friends. And I mean, we just have such a blast working together. And so, so I remember him saying, he's like, I kind of wish I like messed something up so we can kind of like have to do the whole thing over again. That was just so fun, you know? And, and, and same with here, same here. I was like, can we have 50 songs on the album? Like maybe let's just add a few more, but we added deadline. Yeah. We added her too. And the deadline was actually moved up a week. And, and so, I mean, it was really super crazy crunch time and, I had to go to Nashville at the end of that month, and I mean, yeah, it was really, really crazy crunch time to get all of that, all of that completed in time, and it was honestly a miracle. It really was. I'm not gonna lie. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I know we don't have much, much, much more time. I just have a few more questions. Um, so, out of, uh, I guess the the two instruments that you do play. Uh, do you have a favorite, uh, one that you prefer playing over the other? Yeah, you know what? Like, I love, I love, I, I really do love the violin, and, and the violin is easier for <laughs> me to play in, in some ways, and I've, it, I'm, I'm more proficient at it. I would, I would even say than the guitar, but the guitar, I kind of feel at home. I'm not gonna lie. Like when I picked it up and I started playing. It just felt like me. It just felt like a part of me, and it just felt like, oh, there you are, you know, finding like yep. <laughs> a, a little bit of my other half, or maybe a quarter of me. I don't know, but, <laughs> but um, maybe that's why I'm not married. I found my my other half my guitar, but no, I'm totally kidding. But I uh, <laughs> that I I I just feel at home playing the guitar. It's just it's a beautiful instrument that is so incredibly versatile and. And I'm kind of a eclectic version uh, person myself, and so it just seems to fit. Man, I'm done. Okay, okay. Um, I could have sworn you were married. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> married to music. There we go. So. Right on, right on. Yeah. Um, my, fin- uh, my final question is, is um, what's the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from your music when they hear your music? Um, of course, it's going to evoke a lot of meaning and a lot of um, emotion and and depth. Um, what would you say, though, is the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from your music um, or your legacy, so to speak? I would say, you know, we all struggle with something. We all have struggled with something, and we all are struggling with something. I mean, no one's immune to struggle in our life, and we're we're always going to deal with something, and there's always going to be something that – we feel is missing from our life. And, um, and so as I've talked to others who have listened to the album and have been so kind to offer some feedback and a lot of the, most of the feedback I've learned is, you know, I had a really hard week this week and this, this album brought me a lot of peace. And so, so I, and that, that's exactly my purpose for the album. And, and, and that's what I felt when creating it. You know, I I felt a lot of peace. And, of course, what I was struggling with at the moment, I took that out on music, and I really hope that that came through in the music. So when people say that, it's like, yay, you know, like that's exactly what I wanted. And and so whatever, I know know everyone is struggling with something at the moment, but I would just hope and pray that when listening to the music that you feel a sense of peace and a sense of, like, I know that I'm going to get through it because God has led me through other things in my life and he's going to lead me through this as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's amazing. That's a great, great, great thing that you touched on. Um, yeah, we're all going through something. Um, but 
you know, that message of, you know, just returning back to God and just turning to him is, is amazing. I think, um, you know, he's really the only person that, um, you know, that is just has, that'll never let us down. You know what I mean? Despite, you know, our, our shortcomings, you know, he's faithful when we're not. And so that, that right there is just something that, you know, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I live, I'm right there with you. Yeah, he, he never ceases to amaze me, that's for sure. So, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, Camille, where can our listening audience find out more about you and, and keep abreast of what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, you can go to CamilleNelson.com or Camille Nelson, you know, all the social medias. There, there's the Facebook, uh, Camille Nelson Music, or Camille N music on Twitter, Camille music on Instagram, or you can go on Spotify or Pandora. And I'm not hiding. You know, you can you can probably just Google well, maybe not Google Camille Nelson, but but you can just <laughs> yeah, go you you can find it somewhere. Wherever you listen to music, you can you can most likely find it. So Awesome sauce. And Camille, I'm all out of questions, but I did want to open the floor to you if there's anything else you'd like to say to our listening audience. I don't think so. I just just thanks so much for having me, and it's honestly just such a joy just to be just to be on the show, but also a joy just to just to share music with everyone. And if there's if there's anyone out there, I just would appreciate appreciate or just encourage you just to. Uh, one thing that I say is just you know find your joy and spread it. You know, spread your joy. So my music is my way of spreading my joy. So just whatever brings you joy, spread it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Camille. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much. Yes. Guys, that was was Camille Nelson. Um, She is a musical artist. Uh, We're going to put the link to her website in the body of this post. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're also available on your iPhone device. If you've got an iOS device of any type, uh, iPad or uh, MacBook or an iPhone, you can listen to us by downloading the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Download the app, search for our show name, Redefining the Counterculture. You'll hear this interview. with. Um, we're also available for Android users. If you've got an Android phone or Android device, go to the Google Play Music Store, search for our name, uh, search uh, Redefining the Counterculture. Once you search that, uh, download the app. You can be in, uh, listening all free of charge. Lastly, we're available for Roku users. If you've got a Roku player or a Roku smart television, uh, you can listen to us. Just go to the Roku channel store uh, from your device or from your television and search for our name. Once you search for our name, you can download the app and begin watching over 200-plus hours of original content, programming, and interviews all free of charge.